I think a lot of people have always said to me, oh, just wait, when you have a a kid, you have a baby, you're not going to travel like the way that you have before and you're not going to travel anymore. You're going to be stuck at home. And there's funny stories, you know, there's always the typical diaper blowout, you know, (laughs) and everything. But I think that traveling with children is wonderful. And I I really want to show my son that the world is a beautiful, amazing place and he can see it if he puts the effort in. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. So this is one of our family's favorite memories. Uh, My dad, when I was in high school, he worked for a commercial airline and he started flying to Honolulu on a regular basis. And we wanted to take the whole family out there because he had talked about how beautiful and wonderful it was. Uh, And we wanted to do it on the cheap. So my parents got this idea that they were going to take us camping in Hawaii. And so one of the things about it that was, though, that you couldn't get a camping spot by calling in. You had to go in person to sign up for the camping spot, which made it so that tourists didn't have as much of a chance. They wanted to keep it more for the locals. So he was really sneaky because he was flying out there almost every week. And so he went and signed up for a camping spot. And so we were so excited. We did it over our spring break and we packed up all of our camping gear and put it on the airplane. And we got out there and it was raining on the first day. And we're like, okay, this is cool. We can handle this. But it progressed to getting worse and worse throughout the week. And by the end of the week, I actually Googled this because I was curious about it. And I found articles about this particular year that the flooding was so bad, they had to close down the PCC and BYU-Hawaii campus was closed down and two thirds of Laie was under one to three feet of water. So this wasn't the beautiful paradise that uh, my dad had described it to be. We were just having such a miserable time. But on the end of the week, when we needed to get back home, uh, we knew that we couldn't just go on the airplane like we were. So we decided, okay, this last night, we were going to stay in a hotel and get all cleaned up. So we packed up all our stuff into our car and we went to the Turtle Bay Hilton, which was the closest hotel there. And we pulled up to the hotel. I'll never forget all the beautiful brass luggage carts and the bell hops and the people in their perfect clothing and their jewelry and everything. And and here we were, we looked like a bunch of drowned rats who'd just been washed up on the shore from a shipwreck or something. And we went up to our hotel room with everybody staring at us and we all cleaned up and there was like a sandbar in the tub from everyone just washing off all that awful sand. And the next morning, the sun was coming out and there were sunbeams flowing down over the pineapple fields on our drive back to the airport. And we just thought, why is it beautiful now? But we, we think it was the, the gods of the island being angry with us for signing up for the, the camping spot, which was supposed to be for the locals only. That was our listener, Rachel, explaining a situation that a lot of us find ourselves in families. We want to make our vacations fun and meaningful with our kids, but things inevitably go wrong, right? There are stresses. I mean, vacations are supposed to be relaxing and a time for decompressing, and we know that we don't have control over how our kids are going to act or what's going to 
you know, happen along the way. And so we sort of brace ourselves. And sometimes a, a vacation with our family can seem more like a trip in order to create memories instead of a vacation. It can seem like such a stress and a hassle as we're planning a vacation with kids. It's almost like we're bracing ourselves for whatever can come next. And we want these kinds of experiences with our kids to be fun and meaningful. And we also know that things go wrong and there's going to be stress inevitably. So when we're with our kids and we take them on vacation, how can we make it worth it? Now, I grew up counting driving from Nebraska to Utah for a couple of weeks in the summer to visit my cousins, a quote-unquote vacation. So my five brothers and sisters and I would pile into the wood-paneled station wagon, and our mom would feed us yogurt-covered raisins. Do you remember those? And carrot sticks. And we would beg our dad to stop at the gas station and get a candy bar and a soda, a, a rare privilege that was only reserved for this kind of drive. And uh, we entertained ourselves by getting the attention of semi-truck drivers to honk their horns. We'd play license plate games. And there was a lot of talk about the whooping cranes, which find their home on the Nebraska Plains. I tuned out most of that part, but I just know that they were talked about a lot. Our attention was to the Great Plains of Nebraska to look, look, look a lot. Now, our family vacation meant sleeping over at grandma's, playing with cousins, uh, sleeping out on the trampoline at my cousin Gretchen's or making homemade raspberry ice cream with Aunt Vicky and getting together with literally a hundred people who all lived near each other except for us, the cousins from the Midwest. Now, when I had a young family of my own, my husband and I had to negotiate what family vacations meant. And this is something that I think... It was kind of a surprise, right, in a marriage. Like, you just come with your idea of what a vacation meant, and then you have to negotiate it with somebody else. Now, for him, having a fun family vacation meant piling kids in the car, so that was similar, but going to the beach, and it's just your family. Going to a Dodger game or amusement parks and diners, it was staying piling in, you know, together in a condo, sleeping in a big pile with the windows open to catch the sound and the waves of the beach. Now, we both had our own experiences that really defined what a vacation meant. The outcome was the same. We just had some great memories, and we both wanted to prioritize family vacations as a really important bonding or, or fun way to connect with our family. But in those early days, even as poor graduate students with, you know, not a lot of money but a lot of energy, we thought we could accomplish this just on the cheap. And that just establishing the tradition of going on a family vacation every year was the important thing. So I did the budget, and so I was always stressed about money. Always. And Chris was in charge of the itinerary, so he stressed about, like, making it on time. Like, we got to hit this city by this time for lunch or, or a diaper change or whatever it was going to be for the kids. And that was a perfect combination for us. But for what happened three years in a row in those early years, we weren't prepared for. So every time we had prepared and thought ahead and planned our little budget and our itinerary and got into our little beat-up Nissan Altima, 
and got it all, like, checked for the big trip. Inevitably, three years in a row, it just became the family joke. We'd get a flat tire just a couple of miles away from home. And it was so frustrating for me because that totally blew off the budget, right? Oh, we got to buy a new tire. A lot of times, a couple of tires. We got to pay for a tow truck, all that kind of stuff. And for Chris, it totally blew the itinerary. We'll never make it to the hotel on time. We'll never <laughs> be able to. The kids are going to be cranky. We we had everything timed so they could sleep while we were in the car. It just threw everything off the books, right? And we were at the mercy of the tow truck. We were at the mercy of of whoever was near. Everything just kind of, you know, went haywire. And, you know, the first year it happened, we sort of brushed it off like, well, yeah, you know, accidents happen. Okay, nobody's fault. Okay, keep it together. The second year we were like, isn't this exactly what happened to us last year? And then the third year we were really back to mad, like really mad, like Are we cursed? Like, what is the deal with this? But something happened that third year in a row. It felt like those first couple of years that we were wasting time, right, on the side of the road, entertaining our, at that time, two toddler boys. And we'd have to go find a diner. And is it safe to walk along the pathway? Do we wait for somebody to stop? Or, you know, do we go to a a place that's family-friendly so they can run around? You know, all these decisions to be made. But it was, whether we wanted to think about it or not, and to be clear, we did not want to think about it like this, we were already on vacation. We weren't waiting and delaying our vacation and creating fun and meaningful memories and bonding together. It was already happening at the side of the road, entertaining the kids. And now I look back at those pictures, and there's this one picture of of one of the kids. Uh, Chris had put him um, on top of, of of the car just to sit and wait. And I have uh, I'm holding one of the the boys, and there's like a state trooper <laughs> taking a picture with us by the side of the road. I was like, oh, hey, you guys need some help. And I look at that. Picture Picture and I look at those cute little toddler faces, and I do have good memories now looking back of thinking of the songs that we sang and the ways that we distracted them, the eye rolling for the whole situation that my husband and I shared. Those kinds of memories, that kind of real life makes the kind of vacation fun and and meaningful. And now, obviously, fast forward, my kids are some adults and some teenagers, and I just don't get stressed out so much about the details because once we've decided, hey, we're going on vacation, it just starts then. Okay, so picture this. I think a lot of families can relate to this particular scenario. You're going on vacation, so you've saved up. This may be the trip, right, of your kid's childhood, (laughs) you know? It might not be an every year kind of thing, and you've planned out all the details. The itinerary is in place. You've got... you've thought ahead about everything that you can, and you've anticipated it. You're really excited because the reason why we have vacations, ideally, is to bring our families together and create fun memories. And so we put a lot of pressure on it. So you actually get there and 
something goes wrong. And it could be a myriad of things. But in that moment, what do you do? Is when something goes wrong, how do you decide what, where to pivot, what to pivot, how to change it, how to salvage it? Or do you just sort of <laughs> give up and let it happen and hold on for dear life until it's all over? I'll never forget an experience that I had going at Disneyland and overhearing a couple say, we just have to get through the day and just laughing so hard at this this poor family's stressful moment in the middle of their their trip, their vacation, because they just were going to grin and bear it and get through. So how can we make our vacations, our trips a little bit more meaningful? Because we know something's always going to happen. Well, that's why freelance travel writer Lori Zeno is here to give us some tips about making the next vacation a really great and meaningful, fun one. So how do we make our trips more meaningful? Well, that's a very loaded question. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, of pieces that can go into this equation. But I know you mentioned, you know, planning this big trip and having everything down to the littlest detail organized and then something goes wrong. Something is going to go wrong, no matter how well you have planned your trip. So I think the first thing to start is reminding yourselves that things will go wrong and that's okay. And sometimes those things can make your trip even better. Maybe they won't, <laughs> but you'll still get through it like the couple in Disney World. But I think it's using these small moments or these things that don't go well as sort of stepping stones to creating a bit of spontaneity into your trip that you might have not planned that in. <laughs> okay, I, I think I that have, in our best moments, that's what we hope that we'll do. Uh, do you have an example of, of how you, you know, actually made that happen that can, we could all learn from? Well, an example, and this, is, this also leads to another example of what you can do when things don't quite go as planned. But I was in Peru on a two-month backpacking trip with my now husband. And we had our first two days in Lima. We were super excited to sort of embark on the big journey. You know, Lima was just a stepping stone. And we get there, we have our 12-hour flight over from Europe. And our next flight, which is going to Arequipa, which is a little town down in the south of Peru, where we're really going to start getting into all the fun stuff. Our flight was canceled due to a volcanic eruption. Oh, wow. That's a little snag. Yeah, just a small detail. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously our whole trip was organized, you know, these two days and then those four days. And it was kind of like this one thing was going to sort of mess everything up if we didn't get there on time. And so we ended up, though, going, they gave us a hotel overnight. And we got to the hotel with this busload of very angry, cranky passengers that all wanted to get on the plane. And when I got up to the hotel desk, they were very frazzled. People were not being very nice to them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go have a drink at the bar. How about I come back in 30 minutes and then you can give me my room key. I see you guys are working really hard. You're very busy here. Maybe, you know, we could just give you a little space. I mean, I, I'm not going to make this go any faster by standing at the desk counting you. Right. And this woman just looked at me and she said, that would be wonderful. So I went and they actually comped me a glass of wine or something that I remember. And 
And then when I got back, the woman said, thank you so much for your patience. This has been really stressful. And we ended up getting, uh, I didn't know, she just handed me the room key. We ended up getting the presidential suite in the hotel (laughs) and having this wonderful, unexpected luxury when we were going to be backpacking for a few months, doing everything on the cheap. And so this was this really exciting moment. And we ended up flying the next morning and everything worked out. But we had this luxurious suite all to ourselves And it all worked out. And I also think that in these moments, just being nice and trying to be understanding can really turn things around for yourself, for your own attitude. I just ended up having a very nice evening. Instead of arguing with airline staff or hotel staff, I just had a nice glass of wine. And then everything worked out okay. So I think in these moments, sometimes just being kind and being easy on yourself, easy on your family, easy on everyone around you, it can end up coming back to you in unexpectedly exciting ways. I appreciate you sharing that specific example because in my mind, it also illustrates the kind of, you know, reasons why we travel, right? To connect with other people, to see the world in a different place, to get outside of our comfort zones and you know, having that kind of connection is not something that you necessarily are aware of every day. And it does make it a, a sort of a special occasion. And I think right now, because of everything that everyone has gone through with COVID, maybe people are putting a lot of pressure on travel. You know, the next big trip, because we haven't had a family vacation in two years or one year. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, this is my kid's first trip, or this is the first time that we've gotten on a plane since all these things have happened. And so I would encourage people to not maybe put so much pressure on it or be lighthearted about the pressure. This is going to be a great trip, but if something (laughs) goes wrong, that's okay too. And maybe if you have family, if you have kids, try and explain to them, you know, when these things do go wrong, how that they can look at it another way. We all know kids get cranky when, you know, long airport waits, just like adults do. And so this is a great time to also set an example for your kids or your family and try to get everyone to not be so upset if things don't go quite as planned. Yeah. And and easier said than done, right? But what a great reminder <laughs> as you're beginning to embark on that or, or think of about it. And you recently had a child, I understand. And how has that changed your 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 travels and your travel writing? Well, I think a lot of people have always said to me, oh, just wait, when you have a a kid, you have a baby, you're not going to travel like the way that you have before, and you're not going to travel anymore, you're going to be stuck at home. And I think I kind of just wanted to prove everyone wrong. (laughs) So I have been, I think the most important thing to think about if you traveled a lot before you had a child or a family and you are traveling now is just to travel a little bit differently, I guess. So I have adapted. I go a lot more slowly Mm -hmm. with the baby in tow. There's a lot more things to bring. I can't really just hop on with my backpack anymore. (laughs) There's a lot more stuff stuff. to think about. (laughs) And I also decided I have to give myself a day before and a day after or packing days and recovery days and just getting the whole family sort of settled in, settled out, all of the things. I can't go at the same lightning speed as before. But I do think it's important to remember that it is possible to travel. When you have kids, you can do it cheaply. There are ways and there are tips and tricks that you can. And it's been actually really fun to share the things that I've been learning 
about traveling now as a new mom with you know people that are reading my articles and there's funny stories you know there's always the typical diaper blowout you know on the <laughs> and everything but I think that it's traveling with children is wonderful and I I really want to show my son that the world is a beautiful amazing place and he can see it if he puts the effort in so that's what I'm hoping to impart off to him as as we all travel together as a family. I do think that most parents want that experience for their kids to see the world in a different way from their little corner of it. And so there's a lot of value to traveling. And I think that's why we, we put a lot of pressure on it. And so I would love it if you would share with us maybe some of your best tips for making it more affordable. I think that's what is on everyone's mind right now with gas prices increasing and travel costs through the roof and is still being able to see the value of it. How can we save money and still sort of have a, a meaningful or a fun vacation? I think there are a lot of things you can do. And, and right now it's really important to do them because it's true. Travel is really expensive right now. If anyone is planning a summer trip, you probably noticed, you know, obviously gas prices, car rental prices, flights, Things are through the roof for a number of reasons, and being able to get somewhere affordably is is really important, especially right now. And I think one of the things, the first tip I would suggest is being as flexible as you can. So if you are able to pick any week out of this summer to have your summer vacation, which I know is not a luxury that everyone has, but if you are able to be flexible with dates, really just sitting down and searching, you know, Google Flights, all of these kind of search tools that we have online and messing around with the dates. It does take time, but it might pay off in the long run traveling, you know, on days, maybe on Mondays or Wednesdays and not Fridays for weekend trips. Trying to mess around with your dates is can really help hmm. you find a cheaper price. And I would also suggest really starting to look into what you already have. If you have any frequent flyer miles if you have any hotel points, these are the time when using those can be really valuable because I always say the best time when you get your best value from these things is when the actual prices and costs are, are really expensive. So if you are sitting on a pile of American Airlines miles or Marriott points, this is the time to really dig in and see, figure out how to use them. There are a lot of resources on the internet if you're not sure how to use them. I know it can be a deterrent not knowing exactly how to utilize them, but there's a lot you can read up and you can always open credit cards too that will help you earn points and miles if you don't have any. And you can even research exactly if you have a destination in mind that you want to go to and you can open a credit card that can really mm. help get you there. So for example, I live in Spain and when my family wants to come and see me, I always suggest that they open credit cards that can earn them Iberia, Avios, or points that will transfer to that program because Iberia is Spain's largest airline. So you can work, start off with that. If you want to go to Germany, if you want to go to Mexico, figure out what airlines go there and try and open up a credit card that can get you some points that can help make that trip more affordable for you and your family. Some great trips. Uh, you know, and I, because of your extensive travel, I do need to ask you, of all of the places that you've been and the trips that you've been on, what is the biggest value for you? You know, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned from traveling? Well, flexibility is one of them, as we previously talked about, trying to let go of the control 
when you make a plan and you have your two weeks of vacation every year, it can be really hard if things don't go your way or if you have to lose a few of those days because of a flight cancellation or someone gets sick. And so I think just learning how to be flexible, how to turn lemons into lemonade is a really great thing that travel has taught me. It's also as a female who loves to travel alone as well as with my family, it's helped me be more independent and stronger and see things, see the world in a different way, I think. When you're forced to deal with situations by yourself, it's completely different than when you have, you know, supportive family and friends around. So it's definitely made me more independent and stronger. There are so many lessons too that you can learn. I think seeing areas of the world that don't quite operate the way America does or Europe does and seeing these types of places can really show you what's important in life and what you really need and what you don't need. And it's helped me really see the world in a different way. When you really want to get to the bottom of something, you ask people who know, who have seen things, who have been there. (laughs) And we do that on The Lisa Show with the Council of Moms. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. And here today we have... Hi, my name is Julie Suazo. I am a mother of four and almost to be five, which is an unfortunate surprise in your 40s. (laughs) So that's my gift to your motherhood today. (laughs) I love it. I'm Morag Kawasaki. I'm a mother of two lovely girls, 15 and nine years old. And yeah, I'm a mom. I love it. (laughs) I'm Annie Johnson. I'm a mother of three, two boys and a girl. Two oh, dogs. Yes. Can't forget them. Can't forget them. They, they get to every, be babied, too. They make everything a little more crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just add to the chaos. Yeah. Well, speaking about chaos, today I wanted to talk about how you really make vacations meaningful and fun for your kids. And it seems like a tall order. So let's just start off with, like, where do you even start when you are thinking, okay, we're going on a vacation. Where does your mind go? Well, Usually Disneyland, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't, yeah, it just, it seems like, well, all the fun is built in. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you don't have to, you don't have to be creative because Disneyland does it for <laughs> you, right? outsourcing that <laughs> yeah. <the> fun. <laughs> but it's expensive. It is very expensive. So that's why you can't yeah. do it very often. I, my mind always goes to the car ride because that's where we spend the bulk of the time, I feel like. And I've done a lot of car trips with my kids. So I'm like okay, do we do screens on this trip or do we try to do screen-free or do we go early in the morning so everyone sleeps for half the trip or do we try to tough it out and make everyone awake? What's your usual answer? Early in the morning. Yeah. Mm. How do you decide? For what time we leave? Yeah. Because I feel like it's easier to start in the dark and then you have half of the day left when you arrive because we're always driving to Arizona, Mm -hmm. though we've driven from Texas to Utah a few times and... But I feel like it makes for a more peaceful drive. Yeah, sharing the peace together as a family is a really great (laughs) way. You want them to have good memories. Right. And so when you think about vacations, 
And do you just automatically think about where you're going to go or what you want the experience to be like? I think about what can be outsourced. Really? Yeah. Like I hand over uh, reservations to my sister, who's incredible (laughs) at this stuff. She finds the deals. And I'm like, okay, so where's a good place to go according to the deals? (laughs) Let me know. Really? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. She's so great at it. I think, or I think, can I hop on your family vacation? (laughs) <laughs> Who can we join? Do you? Set? Yeah, I go with like a sister to Vegas and like share the cost of an Airbnb and like, you know, so I've gone to Vegas with her. We did South Dakota for spring break, which was a somewhat terrible mistake. Oh, it was just, very cold. Do, oh. do tell. What happened? Well, you know, if spring break, you should be in Hawaii or somewhere tropical. Instead, we chose the mountainous regions of South Dakota, <laughs> which was risky, and it was yeah. windy, and it was oh, cold. Man. But it was fun. I mean, we did this great adventure, and you're able to get, like, a little bit of a bigger house because we went together. So we had this big lodge and, like, really fun. cool things. So, yeah, I outsource all... <laughs> I'm terrible at that no, stuff. No, you're smart. Yeah, no, I, I can scan the internet for 100 hours like, what to see? It's South Dakota. I also found a really great app that was really super helpful. So those What is things. that? There's one that's called Gypsy App. So if you really want to do like outdoorsy stuff, we went to Yellowstone. And I was like, I'm not a hiker. Like, what the heck do we see at Yellowstone? But like, it's epic. You need to go to Yellowstone with right. your kids. Like, mm-hmm. So somebody was like, do Gypsy App. And I, you download it, and then along the route, this man will tell you the things to see, oh, awesome. where to go. He's like, there's a hike off to the edge. It's a three-mile one. See if you're prepared. I'm like, I'm not prepared. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not turning that way. Thanks for the warning, yeah, dude. Yeah, but then they'll tell you, these are a really cool site here. So I downloaded it. It had another one I could purchase for South Dakota. So we did that, and he told us all about the Badlands. I was like, this is a great way to do national parks and, like, the whole thing and not have to at all— Google myself into a depression. <laughs> Don't Google yourself yeah. into a depression. Don't do it. Cautionary tale. <laughs> okay, so when you have kids and you go on vacation, I <laughs> this is revealing a lot about myself, right? Like, not a great— I set myself up for disappointment because my expectations are so high. You know, because you plan for a vacation, it's so much time, and you're thinking— what kinds of conversations are we going to have in the yeah, car? Right. What kind of special moments are we going to have on those hikes in South Dakota? You know, when we're unpacking and and we're stopping for lunch, or th- th- those are going to be the magical moments that define my children's childhood <laughs> and how they see themselves and our family and our relationships. You can see where I'm going with this, yeah. right? Like, it does set up expectations, but I don't know how to not have expectations of magical moments on my vacations with kids. What's your attitude about that? Um, for me, I did not go on family vacations when I was a kid. I mean, we had like one or two total, I think, with our whole family because there were six kids and it was like the 80s, you know. I mean, I don't know. We just didn't do full family vacations. It was expensive, whatever. So for me, just having a family vacation is a really big deal. Yeah. So like for me, that's like that's the magic, right? I mean, like, and I don't feel like my expectations are necessarily low it's just that I'm like this is it we're doing it we're doing a vacation so I mean like maybe just like take a step back and realize that even just going somewhere together and spending time together which which I think is the whole point right right um I think that's the important thing I mean and you know never in any life situation where you're envisioning you know like having these conversations or you know like those never work out so just 
maybe just hope they happen. Yeah, the, yeah. But the magical moments always <laughs> yeah. end up coming when you're like driving someone to like taekwondo exactly. or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're not happening ten hours in in like Nephi when you're Nephi. bounding that corner and you're almost home free. They're not rural moment. Town. So like, yeah, let's go in with like really being realistic. Like Le- Nephi is not the point where it's going to happen. So that's when yeah. the screaming Probably. kicks yeah. in. Taekwondo. You see the sagebrush. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, we are almost there. <laughs> Please, we break down right now. Eat a sandwich. <laughs> no. I just remember when my kids were really little, it, was really important for my husband. He was like, we are going to go on a family vacation every year. And I'm kind of like you, Morag. I was like, every year? (laughs) Yeah, that seems excessive. (laughs) Because, I mean, we grew up going to see family, but like going on a vacation. Like I went to Disneyland one time in my childhood, which I thought was totally appropriate. Right. But then it seems like... I don't know, maybe I'm on social media too much. It's like everybody goes to Disneyland twice a year or whatever, and I just think, how can you afford that? And and what about the time and the stress? And I don't know. I think that there's something to say that every family sort of has their own sort of traditions and does what's best for them, right? And certainly don't go into debt to you know, keep up with the Joneses or anything like that. But one thing that my late husband taught me, though, was it doesn't matter where we go. Like, we ended up saying, oh, yeah, well, sometimes we'll do we'll do staycations every other year because we, you know, never had a ton of money. And so it would be like discovering different parts of Utah where we live or, you know, and it, or driving and, and, and doing it sort of on, on a budget and then doing the big vacations, you know, every few years or whatever. Yeah, when you've had time to— Save up. I mean, that's definitely 100% been our experience. Every spring break, it'd be like, we're going to swim in the pool at the rec center. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and our friends are going to, Yeah. And we live in a kind of a more wealthy neighborhood, but mm-hmm. we live with my parents. So it's like definitely not we're living anyone else's situation. <laughs> we are living our own situation. But yeah, finding like manageable experiences. Like South Dakota ended up being good for the one reason that like the way we were going, gas prices were cheaper. Like everyone else is going to yeah. Disneyland with like eight dollar, you know, gallon mm-hmm. gas, and we're like three fifty. We're winning, mm-hmm. you know. So just things like that. Do I you think. think that the whole point of of doing family vacations is just to, you know, to give your kids memories, or to, or or is there like, I don't know, is there kind of a a deeper meaning or opportunity there? Well, I'm going back to the road trip because I feel like that's where the memories are made. We've gone to Disneyland a few times because we have a friend that works there who could get us in for free. Nice. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to make a friend like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, recheck your friends. I, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think of my family growing up and the road trips we'd go on. We wrote a screenplay one year. Like, And I yeah. still remember the plot points. I'm like, well, now that my husband works in film, maybe this movie can be made. <laughs> you know, I think we're making a movie. Like, yeah. I've got some friends that work with Hallmark a lot. Maybe they can do it. But, like, I think that's—it doesn't have to be pricey. It doesn't have to be extravagant. They might complain that you're only going to visit family, but they have so much fun when they're there. Mm-hmm. They do have fun in the car. I told my kids we were going to learn how to beatbox on our drive to Arizona. We didn't, but Missed my son was like, yeah. okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so now I need to learn how to do it for our next road trip to teach my kids. That is such a great out-of-the-box idea. I told my kids because they were like, what did you do? on those long road trips through <laughs> Nebraska and Wyoming when you didn't have, like, a DVD player. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a Nintendo Switch. Like, like they look at me like, 
I was so disadvantaged. And I was like, we played the license plate yes, game. Yes, always. We always got the semi-trucks to honk their horn. You know, we <laughs> we talked about what we were going to, like what treat we were going to get at the next gas station. Because when we were on vacation, we could go into the gas station and get whatever we wanted. And that never happened. Mm -hmm. So we'd be like, I don't know. I mean, should I get a Reese's or should I like go with licorice? Like, you know, and we would just talk about it, like dumb stuff. And, and I mean, this, how many decades ago was that? And I still remember it. You're right. Like it has a connection, I think, to my siblings that I sort of underestimated. Yeah. I was thinking back about like, why do we as adults want to take a vacation? Like the idea of a vacation is to like break down from where your norm is, to break out of that schedule, to have like some rest and relaxation. Like maybe if you're implementing that instead of like trying to build their core memories, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a lot this of pressure. Will be a core <laughs> yeah. building memory that we will all have together. And instead, it's like we want to break the routine. We want to like see each other in different places, mm-hmm. experience different things together, and have that be kind of like your motivation before, like behind yeah. it. Maybe that would help a little. Good point. Well, I think really any experience you can have where you um, can take your kids out of their comfort zone. Because, I mean, I think that more than ever, kids nowadays are at home, you know, on screens. Like, they kind of have uber routines that they're comfortable with. So, I mean, I kind of feel like that's a lot of what a vacation is about. And again, even if it's just like overnight in Salt Lake City or, you know, um, because we did that recently. And it was fantastic, you know. It doesn't have to be anything big. um, but I think just purposefully being purposeful with what you're doing and, you know, getting them outside of what their norm is and giving them new experiences, I guess, you know, yeah. even if it's just hiking, it doesn't have to even cost money. How do you do that when you have kids of different ages? Ooh. You know, and everybody yeah. kind of wants to do something different or eat somewhere different. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. one can agree. How do you guys like sort of resolve that? Because I feel like a lot of friction happens, at, you know, in those places that maybe we could avoid a little bit and make it a little bit more fun. We always take a democratic vote. Really? Yeah, my husband has taught all politics to our children through <laughs> oh my God. decision making. If we go to a, d- a dinner, he's like, all right, are we a dictatorship, a republic, or a democracy? Oh my God, <laughs> really? Democracy? So he teaches them and then they'll choose. We're a dictatorship. Dad goes, all right, we're going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, he gets to choose. He's the one that goes that way. So we do that a lot on trips. Like we just have too many kids. Like it's good for them to understand that they have to manage their own expectations. Like, yeah. Manage your expectations. We're all here. There's also money limits to what we have. And like, those are okay things for them to learn. Like, I want them to understand money limits and not not everything's going to look the way you want it to look. How does it look for somebody mm-hmm. else? What does that matter for you? Does it matter that they got their way today and you get your way next time? Those are, I think, probably part of the core memories we actually <laughs> want them to learn, right? Yeah, While right? on their family vacation. So that's how we do it. Fully diplomatically yeah. <laughs> through political science. <laughs> I like it. Okay. That's good. I mean, for me, uh, it's. I feel like it's a lot easier just with two. Like, yes. It really is. I have an advantage. I have an advantage with vacations, too, because, you know, yeah. you don't have, need a big van. You don't, you know, lots of times we can piggyback with my parents-in-law and we can all go together. So it's a lot cheaper. So I know that most people have more than two children, at least around here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, if anything, it's my husband and I who have to compromise mm-hmm. and do what oh, the yeah. kids want to do, <laughs> um, which I'm okay with, yeah. you know. 
Because, um, yeah, they really like noodles. So generally, if we're going to go eat, it's going to be noodles. <laughs> That's funny. At least you know that. You can set up your, your expectation. I... It's it's I think it's impossible to parent without like thinking about how you were parented too. So whenever I think about what I want for a vacation, and I want to pause here. I say vacation, and sometimes maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it's a trip or an experience. Because I think sometimes we have that expectation that vacation means rest and relaxation. <laughs> And especially when kids are little, it seems like a lot more work. Mm-hmm. And and different phases seem like a little bit more work. But going back to the original thought, this idea, I think, comes from our, our own experience, right? And, and whether we want to change it or whether we want to duplicate it, right, from what we had as kids. So what was the, the most fun or memorable or meaningful vacation that you guys had? that you always kind of come back to? Like as kids or? Or adults, really, I guess. As a kid, it was for real. I loved road trips, and I still love them as a parent, even though it can be stressful. That's where there's just nothing but each other, and I love everyone in my family. Like, I love that we got so much time together, and we went to Hawaii. We went to Disneyland. You know, we went to cool places, but— the car trips were my favorite when I look back on it. And that's what I that's what I try the hardest to duplicate for my children. And I will even say on this most recent trip, I was driving without my husband and I decided we're not doing screens at all. And it was my most successful car trip yet. What happened? Well, everyone just visited. Where'd and you go? Arizona. Okay. And so how long um, was the drive then? It's like 10 hours. So, you know, you get about four or five of them sleeping when you leave at 4 a.m. But, yeah, I brought crayons and paper, and everyone just had a good time, and it was so great. And we listened to music. and Oh, that's great. But that's like I'm trying to recreate what I had and what I loved, whether they are going to go on and love it as adults when they look back on it. I don't know, but— that's what worked for me, so I'm doing it for them. <laughs> That's so cool. It's a great—like, you actually are breaking their actual routine then, too. Because, like, yeah. they're in screens all the time. Like, we rarely see their faces. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so— that's awesome. I don't, I'm don't. i thinking about my childhood. We didn't vacation a lot either. We did like reunions and Thanksgiving. That was like what it was. And then my dad, one year, his boss was like, I'm giving you this bonus, but you have to use it for a family vacation. Oh, fine. Like, you can't, go, you can't do anything else with it. So that was probably like That's cool. the first big one. We went to Florida and we all went to Disney World. And like I was 14, 15. So that was pretty epic to experience that with them. And I saw my dad be more calm maybe because it wasn't a financial stress for him mm-hmm. at that point to do it. So that was a pretty exciting vacation. As far as like how they vacation, gosh, I wish I could do a little bit better job. My parents definitely, it was like stressful. So a lot of vacations felt like we're always on like, pin, you know, someone's being annoying, someone's screaming, there's too much yelling, something's happening, we're poking your brother, stop poking your brother, you know? And like, <laughs> n- luckily, we're all strapped in seatbelts these days. Right. We used to like, directly right. on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. Put the seats down. Everybody. The rules were a little different back then. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely like trying to man that and make sure that that's not the exact same experience has been an important like goal for us. I don't know that we're definitely not perfect at it, but, like, 
We've had some good ones. We've had some really good road trips that were beneficial to us. It's true, though. Anything out of the box, anything out of the ordinary of the routine, like your brain does remember it. And I think that there is meaning in that. There's something to, like, pay attention to there. Like, I remember our big vacation, our family vacation. We went, we flew to Washington, D.C. to see our aunt who worked at the White House and took a tour and everything. And then we flew to Florida to go to Disney World. And my mom made us all matching, uh, like, camp shirts of the same material but different colors. Mine was teal. And I was 12, so I was like, this is kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Like, I kind of hate it, but I kind of like it. You know, one foot in childhood, one foot, you know. And my my oldest brother, who was 14, was like, yeah, that was the worst. (laughs) And and I just remember my dad speaking Spanish to everybody and when we went to Epcot Center and he would want to like, now I speak Portuguese too. (laughs) And now we're in France and I speak French. And we were all like, oh my gosh, he would just talk to anybody. And guess who is that parent who talks to strangers in front of their kids really loudly all the yep. time? Yep. That would be me. That would be and me too. And, and even though I know how it feels to be the kid, it was like, stop, stop. I, I look at my kids and I go, I can't help myself. I just want to have a conversation with everyone. I'm sorry. You're not alone, Lisa. I do the same thing. (laughs) But funny memories, though, right? Like of, remember when (laughs) we wore teal shirts. (laughs) And you had pink and you had black. You know, and that out of the ordinary, but but most of them are just the the fun and meaningful just time together, like in the car. Yeah, the opportunity to like be creative, like your mom did that. I was like, Uh, listening to a podcast and this mom was talking about how she was like hating that she had to make dinner and there was a like she had a rotisserie chicken she's like okay this is like the the most I can muster so she put the rotisserie chicken in a bush and she made her kids shoot arrows shoot arrows into the bush and then they killed the chicken (laughs) and then they were able to eat that but everyone ate with their hands and like barbarians and like imagine if like that energy and we're not all gonna be like this so not my my butt like the creativity oh. makes it maybe just take some of that pressure off and then the memory is still there like yeah. putting like individual shirts and like putting that little touches yeah. take yourself out of like the does everyone have their socks like guess what I went to Walmart <laughs> and bought socks on this last trip because he didn't pack his socks like yeah, it's gonna happen take that yep. pressure off and like look for the moments that you can create things that are just so fun and interesting and then they're almost a practical joke on your kids. <laughs> You're hunting for your dinner tonight. What? Well, on vacation. <laughs> they, they would never forget that. Can you they would never forget that. Getting a lot of good ideas here. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. You can complain about it or you can do something about it. Right. Like if you're like, yeah, this is boring or they're on their screens too much, you know. And he's like, yeah, I we're beatboxing. Threw them off. We're beatboxing. Yeah. Like serious. That's got to be. We've got to show our kids the benefits of being adults. You're in charge. This is a great idea. This is a great reason to want to be an adult. And yes. you know, like because there's a lot it's of fun not too. Fun. Exactly. There's a lot of not fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you can do? Eat chicken like barbarians. Beatbox when you want. You can beatbox wherever you want, <laughs> whenever, wherever. You get to talk Spanish to people, yeah. even if you don't know Spanish. Super loudly to strangers <laughs> when you want. And embarrass everybody, yep. except yourself. 
Oh, being a mom's the best. I love that, though. I love that idea of, like, embracing adulthood because, yeah, like, especially our kids have, I think, way less responsibilities than we have now. Mm -hmm. And, like, can you imagine having to go from that carefree of a life to, like, adulthood? I'm like, Mm. I don't want to. It's jarring. and screaming. I'm not into it. So, like, I love that idea of, like, it can be fun. There's really great things about it. And a vacation is the perfect setting to be able to, like, just show them a world of possibility. Yes. Mm -hmm. Totally out of the routine. Totally, like, new environment. new Even a new mom. What if, like, vacation mom's great? (laughs) (laughs) Vacation mom. She's so relaxed. She still drinks a lot of Diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Always. (laughs) It's inevitable. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show was produced by Lisa Valentine-Clark. That's me, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden, with help from Maggie Faulkner and Alex Tumalip. With music and sound design help by Katie Johnson and Sam Clausen. Also, you can find more travel tips from Lori Zaino at Lori underscore Z-A-I-N-O on Instagram. We would love to hear your feedback about the show. You can reach us on our Instagram or Facebook or email us at thelisashow at byu.edu. Next week on the show, we're going to find out what it really means to get to know someone better. Nothing is more frustrating to me, though, is someone who won't answer my questions or open up. Even as an introvert, I have to hold back. If I meet someone like at a party or if I'm getting to know someone, I want to sit down and like intensely look into their eyes and just ask them everything. I know, me like, too. What happened? What was weird? this? How did this happen? Yeah. Why? Why are you like this? Why are you like this? Do you yeah. want to know why I'm like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's next week on The Lisa Show. 